Yeah, we we really are. We're thrilled uh, to be with you. I know the last two. I've been getting a lot of people that are really sad. That I wasn't a part of the last two. People were devastated. Really, I think is the words they were using. Devastated. You were a part of the last two. The two before that. The I thought the last two were with Kyle and Robbie. Yeah, that was two before these two. Yeah, the last two. Yeah, no, no, no. The numbers were Kyle and Robbie, Kyle and Robbie, me and you. We talked about Halloween. Oh. Another one. And now these. Let's try again. <laughs> uh, actually, what Rachel and I want to do is uh, we want to share some takeaways from a recent opportunity that we had that really was life-changing. Um, I, I'm a part of a cohort of pastors who have all transitioned into leadership. And so if you're new to the podcast, um, I recently transitioned to leading uh, Faith Promise, which is an amazing church. Love to do it, but it's a big responsibility uh, to transition that leadership. And so I'm with a group of about 10 pastors who have all walked through that. Uh, and so we just get together probably every six months or so and go somewhere. Well, this trip, all kind of the stars aligned, and we got to go spend some time with some amazing people. Um, and we won't talk a lot about this, but let me say it one more time. I just can't, I can't stress enough that your friends have one of the biggest, if not the biggest impact on your spiritual impact. So I'll say it again. Your friends, the people that are speaking to your life, have the biggest impact on your spiritual impact. And so I just want to encourage you just to take an inventory of the people around you. I don't know, I don't know when I would have stopped pushing forward um, uh, in, my, in my spiritual growth if I didn't have people in my life from my family to Rachel to these friends, but either way. So we had three meetings while we were there that we're going to touch on just and really just dialogue about our favorite parts. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and again, they were so impactful for us and they were so impactful for us that we really wanted to share them with you. And the first one uh, was with a couple, Nikki and Peppa Gumble. Nikki and Peppa, they were pastors. They are, but they, well, they transitioned their church in leadership like, like we have. But um, they did two things. First of all, they pastored a church that helped plant 150 churches all over the UK, which is so significant. And then the other thing they did is they lead something called, they really started and led something called Alpha, which Alpha, which, the reason it's, it so resonates with us is you know, this is the Purpose Podcast, and we believe that your purpose is to win your world, which is a significant part of that. Really, the foundation of that is that we're winning people to Jesus, right? That we're sharing the gospel and 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 doing that, which that always comes up because it's, it's challenging, but it's part of what God's told us to do. But Alpha, just, just to set this up, and then Rachel and I will discuss some of our biggest takeaways. So Alpha has been going for 30 years. So Alpha are groups. They're spaces where people can, who don't know Jesus, right. come together and they experience honest, open, judgment-free conversations to explore the Christian faith. So it's an 11-week group that people invite other people to participate yeah. in. And, and, and these groups are happening around the world. And that's what's so special about it is that it's a group that you invite people that don't know Jesus to. Now, the UK is very post-Christian, which post-Christian means that like the majority of people aren't believers. Whereas in like in in America, like our culture is heading post-Christian, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's not no longer like it's the main like the 
cool thing or the flow of culture to be a believer. Uh, but the UK has been there for 20 years. And so it's it may be hard where you are to have a group uh, but uh, an alpha either way. I, we won't talk about that today. Look into it. It's awesome. But just just to just to give you the scope of it. 28 million people have been saved through Alpha Groups in 30 years, which is massive, huge. so cool. And it is operating or being used in 175 countries. So Alpha, and so these people that we were with, Nikki and Peppa, husband and wife, um, they've been leading that for a long time. And they, they just had this massive, massive impact. And so, I mean, can you imagine that? The, what 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 they championed has seen 28 million people saved uh, in just 30 years. 30 years is not very long. And so either way, so we got to sit at their house and chat with them. And so, babe, what, what do you believe your biggest takeaway was from uh, our conversation with them? Well, there were a couple of things. My dad reads Nikki Gumbel's um, devotional every day. So he's like on their email list. So... I thought it was really interesting to get to sit down. I sent him a picture and I was like, I'm sitting in the living room Mm -hmm. with Nikki. And he's like, oh my goodness, his encouragement to believers around the world is um, massive. And one of the things that I loved is that he shared with us that he has been a part of an alpha group. So three times a year they do these launches. This is so good. And he has been in an alpha group three times a year for 30 years. And you start to think about when you know Jesus and you start walking with Jesus your um, and your friends start to know Jesus, then you become isolated really to what's going on in the world around you. Um, and he has been so intentional. Even if he isn't leading the group, he finds somebody doing a group and goes and joins the group to be around people who are far from God, to love them well and to meet their needs. And it was for me, it was really challenging to say, hey, sometimes... Our desire is to start to pull away from getting into the trenches and the messy things of people who are far from God. Like, hey, we want our, hey, I'm following Jesus and my friends are following Jesus. And we really kind of like it that way. Like us for no more. It's not, it's, it feels like you know what to expect in your life. And he was intentionally putting himself in positions where he had to lean on the Holy Spirit and uh, to be around people who are far from God. Yeah, it, it is interesting that the more mature you get as a Christ follower, it seems like the less time you spend around people who are not Christ followers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what a what a trick of the enemy, right? Because the people that should spend, the people that it would be great if more people spent time with Christ people who aren't believers would be mature, loving Christ followers. But well, some, some oh, well, and I was just, American culture in general pulls, pulls us away from community. Like we're all super isolated, right? You drive yeah. in, you push your um, garage door opener open, it's closed. It's just you and your family. Yeah. And for me, it was just like so encouraging that in a very modern context, he was saying, Hey, like you can yeah. be, you don't have to even be, be the person who's finding all the people. Just go. You just go find them, right? And be with them. If you don't know what the enemy is using to pull people away from the gospel, that is an issue. But he's not using the same things now that he used to use. So let me give you an example. Whenever we were walking around um, in the UK, we were walking around somewhere, and there was like a magazine stand. 
And I was like, what in the world? A magazine stand? Who's looking at that? And before, I remember like, you know, all the things bad and good that you used to get in magazines, you get on your phone now. And so if you like, again, one of the huge things the enemy's using to pull people away from marriage and God is pornography. So it used to be magazines. Whereas now, if you have a cell phone, you have access to that. And so I'm just, I'm saying, going back to Nikki, when he said that he's always in a group, um, what I loved about that, and we asked him, why are you always in a group? He said, culture changes so much, so fast, and the only way for you to know the changes that are happening is for you to be in it. And so a lot of times, whenever whenever people accuse the church of being outdated, irrelevant, I know we like to blame the pastor or the the services, and that's fine. We, pastors, we should do a good job of being relevant in services, but I think they're talking about the church as Christians as a whole. Like we're too removed. Like we mm-hmm. don't know what people are struggling with. We don't, you know, it's a, it's a different world. Just whenever we were in school, people weren't like airdropping pornography oh. to a whole lunchroom. For right? sure. And so... Like, well, and it's really hard. I was listening to someone talk about this the other day, and they were wrestling with, you know, people who come out of really difficult things, like, um, you know, they were part they were part of a real partying culture, or um, they were, like, involved in witchcraft. There are these things that they had experienced and been a part of, and when they came out of it, they they knew so deeply how damaging that space was that they completely cut it out of their life to experience holiness. But in the process of doing that, what we do is we shut ourselves off from the people that we left behind in Mm -hmm. those places. And so there is like, it's a tension to manage, not a problem to solve. Because some of us are like, well, gosh, I don't want to be in proximity to any of that stuff that I came out of. Yeah. So I think it's worth asking the question of, hey, are there some places that I don't wrestle and struggle with that I don't have scars from where I can go and and be loved and have proximity toward? And are there places that maybe aren't best for me? Well, I'd even say going back, I didn't intend this, but going back to what we said, like our, our friends. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, obviously, if, if you look at it this way, like if you're going into a place you want to find your way back let's just the easiest way if you tied a rope to where you are and to yourself no matter where you went you could follow the rope back well obviously our the the first rope is tied to god his words his presence but then also people like people in our life who are either going with us mm-hmm. or like like they have they have a passion so i i say that to say you can go and i i i don't want to be insensitive but people who've experienced like trauma or hurts and pains, stuff like that, Romans 8, 28, like God doesn't waste any of those pains. Mm-hmm. And actually wants to bring you to such a place of healing and restoration that you can go back into those places, whether it's if you had family abuse, talking to people who had family abuse mm-hmm. and it not being a therapy session for you, but it'd be a place where you could listen. So, But I love what you said. I think we really could. We could talk about that so much. I hope it challenges you. Uh, you as you're listening, like, how much time am I spending? I need to ask Robbie. Robbie Robbie uh, Freeman, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, he talked about um, like these three questions that were like the test if you were living like Jesus. Um, and obviously, everybody wants to pass that test. But one of the main ones was that um, when's the last time you had somebody in your home 
that didn't know Jesus? Like when's the last time you invited somebody in and they're far from God? And again, you're not inviting them in to like give them the old, um, you know, hook or bait and switch, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to wag your finger at time, timeshare presentation for the gospel. Like you're, you're inviting them in because if people, if people come into our house, it should feel different. Yeah. You know, like, like there should be a peace and a love and a, um, a joy uh, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. But either way, I, I, I love your big takeaway. Yeah. It's so good. And again, I, I also want to highlight that we never get so mature as Christ followers that we're not pursuing the lost. Mm-hmm. I would actually say the more mature you get as a Christ follower, um, the the more passion and pursuit you have for the lost. This guy's leading... Uh, a, a a movement that's seen 28 million people saved, 125 countries. He's 30 years in, and he's still he's he like he told us that next week he'll start a new group. Yeah, you know, and so you're never too good to be doing the work of the ministry. And I think for some people that are listening, uh, maybe you have been. I just think we're never too good to do hard things. Mm-hmm. And there's something wherever you are and wherever you're leading at, like you're never too good to pick up garbage. You're never too good to yeah. clean up after yourself. You're never too good to not share your faith. Yeah. I mean, G- Jesus washed those guys' feet hours before he knew they had bail on him. And so I, I agree. We, we won't, we won't capitalize. It was very encouraging and very challenging. Yeah. And so my, my biggest takeaway and I thought this was—I thought this was so powerful. You and I talked about it afterwards. It might be the most powerful thing. It's hard because we'll talk about some other takeaways. But um, he's obviously done so much, and we were asking about all this stuff. And you know, it's a bunch of pastors in there who want to see movements of God and revival. So we're asking about leadership development. They plan 150 churches. So we're asking all these different questions, all these things, and um, and he kind of stops and he's like, "Hey, it's all about." The gospel is all about evangelism. And he said evangelism is, is at the center. It's the only thing that can be at the center, um, which, again, that that may sound odd, uh, or maybe not. You know, we talk about it a lot. That That's how we try to live, and and, the, and we believe the purpose for everybody's life. But he gave two examples I thought were so good, and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it too. But he said if your number one goal is unity— then the only thing you're going to think about or talk about are the things that divide us, you know, and, and you're going to focus on that. Whereas if the evangelism, people being lost and going to hell is at the center, then you galvanize and you rally around what you're united around um, and those other places of, of, of discord have to take a back seat. Bless you. Um, and then the other thing, he said, if I kept my sneeze in like that, my head would explode. Yeah, I know. Uh just pop right off my head <laughs> on my, my shoulders. Uh, and the the second thing, other example he gave was being spirit filled. And so I, I know uh, I know people fall in different categories on this, but uh, he talked about people who are always talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, all this kind of stuff. And he compared it to whenever Jesus said, I believe it's in Matthew five, when he's you know we're supposed to be salt and light. He's like, if you just spirit filled, spirit filled, spirit filled, and you're so salty that nothing can grow there, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're so salty, you're like the Dead Sea. Nothing can live in the Dead Sea because it's just it's this place 
where water is never moving out and it's just filling with salt, right? Um, and so he said, but if you're if you care about evangelism, you have to be spirit filled because only God can bring increase. Um, but it's for a purpose. You well, know? and fresh water is always flowing in because every time you have all these new believers yeah. that are coming in, that you're teaching how to follow, you're discipling them, you're teaching them how to follow Jesus. Yeah. And I loved. I thought that was so. Um, it was very encouraging. Right. I thought that was the unity thing because I think that that is at least in, I mean, in the U.S. we're all constantly talking about all the things we disagree on, and that's mm-hmm. all we all that's all we focus on. It's all that's on social media, and it's all the you know all of the news. Everything is about what's not what's not cohesive, what's not working together. And I was really encouraged that in the church we have the answer to that and the answer to that is the gospel everything is hangs on the gospel yeah. and it just for me it was just like gave me a security and a peace that hey we we're a part of this unique community that can still have disagreements but we have unity because of Jesus yeah. and what he did right yeah and I, I just I thought that was so good and you know what I, I loved is that as massive, as what he's leading is, as massive as Alpha has gotten. Again, 28 million people saved, 175 countries, that it's still as simple as the gospel being the center. And so you think about that, like the organization of Alpha being so big, but and then you compare it with our life. Our life feels so complicated. It feels so busy. Um, it feels like we have so many things vying for our time and our focus and all that. And I wonder if, Part of the reason we feel either like we're not living up to our spiritual potential or uh, we're, we're lacking purpose or, or some of the things we just feel like there's something missing. Is it because like what's supposed to be at the center, which is us pursuing the lost, is not at the center, that yeah. we've replaced it with something else that doesn't belong there, you know, that with something else uh, that can't, because there are things in our life, even though they might be good, that can't sustain the weight of our identity. So mm-hmm. like maybe you put it in a spouse and when they let you down, it's devastating. You put it in a job and when they let you down, it's devastating. You put it in success or look in a certain way or whatever. And that just leads to the rat race. Whereas like how many of us, when, if we were honest, if the gospel, if, if we had to answer the question is the gospel, at the center of our life, you know, uh, where everything else is subservient to that. Um, is that how we're living it? Well, and, and I would say sometimes I think that we, we have, we've twisted the gospel a little bit to where, because we hear, well, Jesus died for you and it doesn't, it's a free gift of faith. Like it's a free gift, his death on the cross and salvation, which on the Lord's in, like he did it, whether you were going to, whether you wanted to engage with him or not, God loved you enough to come and and create a way for you to have relationship with him because you were designed to be with him. Uh, But we have put the gospel not at the center because it would mean we'd have to be ruined over everything else. Like everything else would have to come second, who everything that we want, everything we desire, we would literally have to die to ourselves, Galatians 2.20, so that we can experience the gospel fully. And we are so obsessed with ourselves 
and what we want and we love ourselves so much. And even though it doesn't come out as like love, maybe you say, well, you know, I, maybe you're so insecure, you, you're so desperate for affirmation or all these things. We say, well, if I, if I let that go and I allowed the gospel to be the foundation of who I am, if I allowed Jesus to be the center of my life, it would mean I have to give up all those other things. And maybe not entirely, but with how they operate in our life right now, for sure. And so my husband can't be everything for me that provides for me. My success no longer gets to be what defines me. God get, God gets to define me. And I think what we've done is we've said, well, I can believe in Jesus all day long, but I'm just not going to lay down and let him literally redefine and be the center of everything that I do. Yeah. And because we're unwilling to bend our knee to Jesus, which is really receiving the gospel, because it isn't, it isn't this thing that you just get to believe in him and then everything is fine. You literally have to follow Jesus. Yeah. It's a two, it's two parts. He died to be with you. And so now you, you be with him. <laughs> Yeah. And we don't want to do what it takes to be with him because when you and I got married, it meant that I had to forsake some other things that we could be together. I moved into a house with you. We put our, we conjoined our bank accounts. Like we're not willing to do that with Christ because we want to keep the things that make us feel like we're in control and to lay our lives down. And I just, I wonder if we're missing out on so much, like we're be these believers and we're lacking all this power and we don't want to share our faith because really a lot of us are... Um, we've gotten over the gospel because mm-hmm. it means that we'd have to continue to continually and daily die to ourselves. And we're like, well, I've died to myself enough. Now I'm good. Yeah. And I would hate, you know, I hate the thought of like, I would get to heaven and the Lord's like, Hey, I, I asked you if I was enough for you mm-hmm. and you continually told me I was not enough for you. Mm-hmm. And you missed out on being a part of heaven coming to earth. You missed out on a part on living as the creation because I'm remaking you daily. Every day you're a new creation. You wake up and I'm going to transform you more into my likeness by the time that you spend in the word and, the, and in my presence. And I missed it. I missed out on all that. Now God will redeem me and, and it'll all be ma- eventually like we'll get through judgment, but I'll have missed out on the only opportunity I'll ever have to be a part of it and on this side of heaven. Because this is the only time. And the only thing that we know we can't do in heaven mm-hmm. is, is be all about the gospel. Yeah, and, and experience repentance because there won't be any more sin. Like this is the only time I'm be able to repent. The only, you know, I'll, I'll be made into his likeness and it'll all be done. Um and I don't want to miss that. And I would really hate that I looked Jesus. And I know there are moments in my life where I've done that full on. Um, and I, I'm hoping that I've continued to learn and my heart has been softened and I've been humbled enough to look at Jesus and say, you are enough for me. What is stealing my affection and my attention from you? And um, I've just, you know, I, I don't think we're willing to be ruined because to be ruined means that, that everything is different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I literally, like the Lord asked me, I, I, I mean, really, I was in my quiet time and you were talking about being ruined and all this stuff. And the Lord was like, hey, do you, are you prepared for me to ruin your heart over this? And I was like, I don't know that I want to be ruined over <laughs> some more stuff. You I know? don't think we want to be ruined at, like period. Ever. And, um, but I'm going to be ruined over something. Sin's going to ruin you. It'll just ruin you to the other end. And um, 
I just, I, if I'm going to be ruined, because it is going to happen, I'd rather be ruined over the things of heaven. And so much so that my soul is satisfied. Yeah. Um, than seeking over and over for something that yeah. can never, that'll always leave me just shy. It's just a shadow of like what there is right. and knowing there's something more like, I know there's a me that, that, that is available. I know there's this power that's available. And because I refuse to bend my knee and follow Jesus in whatever aspect of my life and make the gospel really the center, I miss it. Yeah. A verse always comes to mind for me, and that is 2 Corinthians 5, 10. Uh, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so each of us may receive what is due for us, the thing is done while in the body, whether good or bad. You know, and going back to what you said, I don't know. I think since Jesus made it so easy for us to enter into a relationship with him, you know, Romans 10, 9, and 10, you know, if you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead, mm -hmm. then you'll be saved. Because it is as simple as confessing, you know, and... and I think that we think the subsequent surrender will be as easy, but it's just not. And so uh, we'll give an account. So it won't just be people who don't know Jesus that go through judgment. It'll be all of us. Uh, but just to make this practical, and then we'll we'll do we'll do a part two of this with some our biggest takeaways uh, from this trip because this is just one of three or four yeah. uh, sessions that we had with some amazing kingdom leaders. But I just want to make this really practical, something I'll walk through today. Um, like, so how do you do that? Like, how do we, how do we put the gospel at the center? Um, and, you know, so like, what is next? So what is next uh, for our walk with God in this way? And so for me, like, and I know I've talked about it here before, I have these verses that I pray through, I've, you know, verses I've prayed through for, uh, so for two years I've been praying this way. Um, and, I pray through the same verses, but they don't, they impact me differently. And so, like this morning, just feeling overwhelmed by some stuff and things like that. So, when I pray John 3 30, you know, I must become less so that Jesus can become more. Um, and you said earlier, Galatians 2 20, I died of myself in Christ, and I who but Christ lives in me. Like those, those impacted me way different, you know. And so, there's times where, you know, let's just say like Easter, like the gospel is 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 pretty easily attained. Like it, like it's just it's kind of front of mind. Uh, whereas you know, if you have a consistent place conversation with the Lord, um, where there's scripture and time where He gets to impact how you are living, how you are viewing the world, all that kind of stuff, it should come back to the gospel. And, uh, and people who don't, so like whenever I prayed, it, just to be super candid, and this was actually pretty weird, I pray for the lost every day, and I have four or five verses I pray through, and it makes me, th it, may, it just makes you think when you pray and think about the lost, and I was like, why do they want to get saved? And, you know, well, they want to get saved so, you know, they can have a relationship with you. And I was thinking about some of the things, because I was overwhelmed this morning, like some of the aspects that I'm missing out on, you know, I was like, gosh, I, I just, I don't, if, if I can just be super raw, like, I don't feel like what I'm experiencing right now is worth sharing, you know? Um, and so just spent that time with the Lord and he was helping me see, hey, here's some places where you've chosen the world instead of the word. You've chosen, you've chosen what the world has to offer instead of what my mm -hmm. presence and my relationship has That's to offer. So and I want you to know that there are only options to live in those things. So those things you feel like are overwhelming, those things you feel like are 
are uh, choking you out. Um, that's all they have. And so I need you to pursue them. And so, like, what is next around making the gospel center? Like, do you have time around prayer, like conversation with the Lord where he can shift your mindsets and your thoughts towards uh, the gospel? And then again, around around who is next? We've been talking about it, but are there people in your life, you know, that you need to invite into a group, an, an alpha group, or just over to your house for dinner and just let them be around this kingdom culture? Maybe you're a little convicted that when you're around them, you let you reflect more of the world than you do of the word. Mm. And maybe there's an apology in order for that. I've, I've, I've left plenty of mostly golf matches and rounds where I've had to apologize to people later. Like, Hey, that was, I didn't honor the Lord. And I apologize. And they're like, Hey, you don't have to do that. And I was like, well, I, I feel like I do. And so I like, you know, and I think that that's a, that's pretty impactful whenever mm. people do that. But Hey, we'll do another, we'll do another round. Uh, just taking some of our biggest takeaways, but hope this impacted you. I hope this challenged you, um, around the, uh, making the gospel, the most important thing around culture, being involved in it. Uh, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Um, and so we love you. We believe your purpose is to win your world. So let's win our world this week. We'll see you next week.